Hello and welcome to the Pink She-Wolf podcast where we help you create a better business and personal life with your significant other. I'm your host Laura Watkins. Welcome to the show. Hello everyone, welcome to this week's show. I have got an amazing guest for you today and I'm super excited. We've just been having a nice little pre-chat and uh, we've been getting on pretty well, so I'm excited for this episode. I'm joined today by Greg Winteregg, who um, has a new book coming out very soon, which is called Fun at Work. So I am very excited to hear more about that. So how are you today, Greg? I'm doing great. How are you, Laura? I'm amazing. Thank you. Doing very well. Awesome. So should we kick straight off with the book? What um, what made you write it? Well, it's, uh, it's actually interesting. Um, if I could just give a little background to yeah. start off with. Um, I went to college um, pre-dental. Uh, what that means is taking all the courses to become a dentist, but I really didn't know if I was going to be able to make the grade, because it's kind of hard to get into dental school. Um, And I had summer jobs and they weren't jobs that were going to be my career, but every job I tried to make a game. So that it was at least interesting and not just a grind. And then I graduated from dental school in 1981 and dentistry is not something that people look forward to going. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) I don't know anyone that enjoys needles and drills in their mouth, including me. Um, So I tried to make the practice lighthearted for the patients and the staff. And we always joked with our patients. We kept it, uh, like I say, very lighthearted. And then um, I I was having some trouble in business about uh, 10 years later And I connected with a management company and I really learned about business basics, marketing, sales, organization and management, costing and all of that. And interestingly enough, um, within 12 months, I went from a practice that was crashing and considering I might have to work for someone else to pay my bills as an associate to uh, 12 months later, I had doubled the practice, brought on an associate uh, and was basically semi-retired at age 38. Wow, and that that whole experience was was just so awesome, and I started helping other clients at the management company who were having trouble, and it, soon after that, the partners at the company offered me a partnership. So I sold my dental practice to become a partner at that management company in December of '93, and uh, that's what I've been doing full time ever since. And really, the the objective is to teach dentists how to have more control under their practice, of their practice. And I think work should be fun. And I'm kind of at a point now where as I I look back on my life, I'm 63. I'm basically semi-retired again from the management company. That company, by the way, is now arguably the largest in North America. We have clients in 48 states and five provinces in Canada. Uh, we have a second location that we've opened up in um, Southern California. Our, our main location is just outside of Tampa Bay. And um, we have 78 employees, 55,000 square foot building. And so I've been able to, to turn over a lot of uh, my, my work to other staff. And um, I think people should have fun at work. And I think it's the responsibility of the executives to make sure that the employees are having fun. And that does not mean that. Uh, 
people can show up late and they can goof off and stand around the water cooler and not get work done. But what I've had a chance to do is kind of reflect back on my life now and just kind of look at the things that have have made me successful. And um, that, that was the inspiration for the book. And it's to a degree, it's a bit of an autobiography. Uh, I have a lot of quotes from a lot of famous people. I read a lot of books, that kind of thing. Um, and and what I'm actually doing now with the book is I've, I've started a second company called Matterhorn Business Development. And what I want to do is carry what's made me successful in dentistry and in the practice management business into the general business world. Mm. So I think the book is unique. I haven't found another book like this where uh, you can get a free PDF download once you buy the book of exercises to do at the end of every chapter. So I've got it set up like a practical application. So if somebody wants to get, um, you know, really a deep dive into what I'm proposing in the book, then there are free exercises that can be done to kind of guide you um, and, and help you with your business and help get it better established and, and a little bit more logical pattern of expansion. So uh, I haven't ever done anything like this before, but we're all super excited over here and um, re- really, really looking to launching it on um, uh, March 5th. Awesome. That sounds really interesting with a PDF download as well, like a little bit sort of hands on while you're reading the book. And then you can, you know, pop away and do these little tasks to, you know, exactly, your business. exactly. Yeah, I haven't and, heard of that before I, either. Well, and, and let me just give you an example. Um, leading up to the launch, I'm doing a lot of podcasts and a lot of advertising and such. Um, so one of the, the main concepts in the book, is that if you're going to have fun at work, it has to you have to be doing something that you enjoy. Yes. And everybody has skills. I have things that I'm good at. You have things that you're good at. I mean, I everybody I meet is better at something than I am <laughs> at whatever that something is, right? Yes. Yep. And and everyone can help another person with that particular skill. So you're you're good at sewing. All right. Well then you could start a business with making tailor-made clothes and you can run that out of your house or whatever, right? Yep. And if you enjoy sewing and you're making a living, making tailor-made clothes out of your home, you're having fun every day Yeah. because you're doing something that you enjoy and you're helping people solve a problem that what you love to do solves. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. So, So there's an exercise in the book where I help someone establish their basic purpose. And I've read many books and, and listened to, to YouTube videos and like you have to know why you're doing it and you have to have a cause and, you know, all of that. And I'm like, okay, that's really great. But where does somebody start? Mm. Right? Like, how do you come up with your basic purpose? So I have uh, in the, the download, in the free PDF download, I have a very simple exercise. Because for me, the, the purpose of the business has to be about helping people solve a problem. And and not to spin off too much, but it's like you say somebody, so what's your goal? Well, my goal is to be a millionaire. Okay, that's great. Me too. Yeah. But who are you going to help to be a millionaire? And like, what do you mean? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I hadn't thought about that because I'm selling blah, blah, blah. Do you believe in blah, blah, blah? Well, Kind of, but I think I can be a millionaire. Okay, well, then I know they're not going to make it. Yes. 
You follow? Yep. Okay. So for me, your basic purpose has to center around help. How are you helping the client or the customer? So the exercise is very simple. It goes like this. My basic purpose is to help blank who live in blank achieve blank by providing blank. Yeah. And you just fill in the blanks. So this is not scripted. I don't want to put you on the spot. Uh, you can edit this out if you like. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I read all about you. I went to your site. I, I love, I love your enthusiasm, your passion. So, so let's just, let's just off the cuff. Let's do this. Awesome. So, okay. so for you, Laura, yeah, your basic purpose is to help who is to help couples who work together. Okay. Who live in, where do they live? Um, Either the UK, America, or Australia. They're my kind of Good. target markets. Good, perfect. And you're going to help them achieve what? A better understanding of how they work together and a better business and personal life. Okay, better understanding of how they work together and a better business and personal life, yes. right? yep. And what are you providing to help them achieve that, that goal? Um, resources that they can that they can um, like put into practice themselves, or you know, study up themselves, so that they can figure out their own businesses and their own relationships to make it all click together. Right, that makes sense. So then, <laughs> so then, your basic purpose is to help couples who own their own business, mm -hmm. who live in the UK, the US, and Australia. Yep. And you want to help them achieve a better understanding of how to work together and have a better personal life. And what you're providing are resources that they can immediately put into practice. Yes. Now we have a very clear statement of the basic purpose of your company. Yep. And oftentimes when I do this, I did this exercise with, with a fellow who, who has a big company in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I did this very simple exercise at a seminar that he attended a few months ago. And he expanded on it. And in about three minutes, it, what I do is I have people go around the room and volunteer to read their purpose. And he read his purpose and he goes, oh my gosh, I've been, I've been working on this project for three years and I've never so clearly stated it. Yeah. So now you have a clear statement uh, of your basic purpose and this is why you get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. I mean, you and I are doing this, this, uh, this recording on a Saturday yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's one o'clock in the U S it's gotta be what, six or seven o'clock where you live, right? It's PM here. Yep. Yeah. So this is our day off. What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> why, why, are we, why did we not say, no, that's my day off? No, you and I are doing this because we love what we yes. do. Yeah. And we're passionate about what we do. Yeah. And, you know, I could do this at midnight or, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm very passionate about helping people grow and expand their business. So that if you have, and this is, this is the, the clear point that I make early in the book. If you have a clearly stated basic purpose and you know why you're getting out of bed in the morning and you are doing something that you love, then you don't have a job. Yeah. And it's not nine to five. Yeah. It's just because whenever you're doing it, you're having fun. And I'm 63 and I've got friends that are retiring and taking early retirement. And they're like, when are you going to retire? And I'm like, Never. I don't work now. Yeah. Because it doesn't so feel like work. That's, 
No, not at all. Not at all. Because it's fun. And, and, you know, I could go golfing and I could go snow skiing and, you know, I do some of those things, but when you golf, it's like four or five hours out of your day. And my goodness, I'd rather be on the phone with you right now. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because this is my purpose to help a lot of people. So, so when we roll back to, to the title of the book, Fun at Work, you really can have fun at work. And I know that I'm probably going to catch some criticism from folks like, oh, you know, whoever wrote this book is probably high or whatever <laughs> because you can't have fun at work, et cetera. And um, I'm fine with that because I, I know there's people who don't think work can be fun, but I think not only work can be fun, but work should be fun. It needs to be fun. It consumes a third of our life, mostly. And I think it should be something that, that the executives create that kind of environment and we hire people that are aligned with the purpose and they're not there for just a paycheck and then et cetera, et cetera. So for me, everything flows from having a basic purpose. And as I reflect back on my life, I've just always done things that I enjoyed or I could take whatever I was doing at the time and turning it in, turn it into a bang. Awesome. Um, you mentioned before you used to play some games at work. Have you got some examples yeah. of what kind of games they were? Well, and, and this is the like, there, there has to be a game. There has to be bonus. There has to be a target, and there has to be a scoreboard. Yeah. So, in, in, and then it's a game. So in the U.S., this weekend is going to be the Super Bowl. Yeah. And imagine playing the Super Bowl, and there's no scoreboard. Yeah. Pointless. So you never know who's winning really. The, the, the people in the, in the fans are now arguing over who has what points, and you never know how much time is left in the game, and then it becomes a debate. You know what I'm saying? So I always play games that are quantifiable. If we hit this target, we're going to do this reward, et cetera, et cetera. And so there's, there's money uh, games. So if we hit this particular target, everybody gets $100 or everybody gets $500 or there's that game. But then also, like in my dental practice, we had all different kinds of crazy games. And I, I don't even remember what the game was. But if we hit a particular mark in a month, then the reward was I gave everybody a blizzard from Dairy Queen. Now, if your your folks around the world don't know what a blizzard from Dairy Queen is, it's just like a really thick milkshake, and they put Oreo cookies or M and M's or Snickers bars or whatever. And it's so thick when you turn it upside down, it doesn't fall out of the top. <laughs> That's a blizzard, and it's a real popular drink in in the U.S. in the summertime. And so it's summer, and I'm like, okay, guys, what's going to be the game, or what's going to be the reward when we when we win this game? And then somebody said, how about blizzards at Dairy Queen? So. We did those kind of games. I had I had a game, a quarterly game. If we won, I took everybody to the mall, and they got three hundred dollars, and they just ran all over the mall and bought clothes. And then at lunch, they had to show everybody what they got. And so it's just you just have to keep it fun. And, and it's it's my responsibility as the CEO. It's my responsibility to make sure the executives and the employees and the staff they're all lined up, and we the, the winning of the game has helped that many more people and the company has done that much better and so i'm going to share the reward that i get back as the owner back down with the executives and the staff and that's how we keep it fun i started a couple of years ago 
um, I do like 90 day goals. So I set a goal for myself of, you know, what I want to achieve in yeah. the next 90 days. And a couple of years back, I started putting a reward for myself on those goals. Perfect. And it yeah. made such a difference, especially as you're kind of 80, 90% there. And then you're like, oh, that yes. last little push. And then, I, you know, I get to buy myself whatever it is. It might be going out for a meal or a milkshake or it might just be, right, I'm going right. to have a night off and watch a film indoors and, you know, get some popcorn. But it made such a difference mm-hmm. to myself and just my mindset of working. Okay, now I, there, I just remembered another game. So um, we had a patient that was a jeweler, husband and wife. They own their own jewelry store in our little town. And so I went down to to their store on a Saturday and I came up with this idea if I had a game and the staff could could buy jewelry with a reward. And it was a quarterly game. And so we came up with the numbers. And on Sunday, I sat down and this is how much it was going to cost. And I had at the time, I think, eight staff. And this is, you know, the reward was going to be a lot of money, et cetera, et cetera. And so I came up with a formula. I'm like, okay, ladies, so we're going to play this game for this quarter, and then you're going to be able to go down to the jewelry store and buy jewelry. And they got all giddy. (laughs) So what I did is over lunch, we went down to the jewelry store, and they picked out items that they would purchase if we won the game. And I had my camera that I take photographs of Keith with, and I took a a photograph of them standing there with the jewelry in their hands, right? So I made it really real yes. to them. So, Laura, do you think we won that game? I, I am sure you surpassed what the expectation oh, was. With, with three weeks to go in the quarter, we won oh, that amazing. game. And the, the, moment, the moment we won the game, it was hard to keep them in the <laughs> office and finish the place they were working on. Everybody over lunch, everybody ran down to the jewelry <laughs> store and collected their, their prize. So anyway, that's what you just described that you're doing with yourself is absolutely perfect. Because it, and it's just a game, like you say, it's just a night off or it's a movie and popcorn. It's, it's whatever. Just treat yourself to something. And then you put a time limit on it. You put a value on it. And so there's a scoreboard. And so, yeah, it, rarely did we not win our game yeah. because we just we made it fun. And that's really good for your staff's morale as well because it's boosting them up oh. and giving them a little extra. I had, of my eight staff, I had three drive from outside our county. Wow. Like they drove 30 to 45 minutes one way. And I'm not talking about being in London where in yeah. 30 minutes you go three yeah. blocks. <laughs> That's my about living out in the country where a 30, 30 to 45 minute drive covers some territory. So yeah, we, we created an awesome environment and we had a lot of fun together. And I just, I think that's how work should be. Definitely. Um, what are your dreams and ambitions going forwards? I like asking this to people. <laughs> 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 well, I, I guess my my ambition, when I sold my dental practice um, in December of 93, I was looking for a second location. And I have clients now that have five, ten, a dozen locations. And we, we sometimes joke like, wow, if I hadn't sold my practice, how many locations would I have? You know, 50, 100, I don't know. So, so for me, my goal and my objective is always to help as many people as I possibly can 
with the time I've been given on this earth. And if I look back, so let's say I owned a hundred dental offices and the average office has about 2000 patients. Yep. All right. So, so let me see that we have 2000 patients and we have a hundred. So that's 200,000 people. Wow. Yeah. All right. Um, I have trained somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 18,000 dentists since I sold my practice. Wow. So now I've helped tens of millions of patients. Yes. You see what I'm yes. saying? So my, my objective right now with the book and Matterhorn Business Development is to take this successful pattern and help as many people as I can in business. Yeah. Because business does not have to be a struggle. Business does not have to be hard. And in, in my book, after you come up with your basic purpose, then I help you come up with a strategic game plan. Like, how are you going to expand your business? And then what are the day-to-day action plans that you need to come up with? And how are you going to monitor your results? So it's set up very much like an exercise that if somebody goes through this, they'll actually like have a very clear statement of the basic purpose. They will have a game plan for expansion. They're going to lay down and step-by-step map out their expansion with uh, with statistics or metrics, some people are calling it, or key performance indicators. How do you know you're winning the game? It's all there. So, so my overall objective is I've I've helped tens of millions of people so far, and you know I'm ready to do ten times that. So, that's why I'm branching out my broaden broaden my base. I guess is the best way to say it, with uh, going after small business owners uh, and and not just limiting the impact that I'm creating on dentistry. Yeah. That's amazing. And- that kind of blows my mind slightly, the amount of people you can reach. And especially nowadays with like the internet and like things like this, you know, we're not here in person, you're, you know, thousands of miles away and we're doing this and being able to help people through a medium like this. It's fantastic. Yeah. And well, with the internet, I mean, all of a sudden you can have an international company without ever, you know, leaving your living yes. room. You know, so you are now helping people in... Australia and the U.S. and I I I would love to go to Australia, but I've been told it takes like I don't know twenty four twenty eight hours to get there, and so I would never ever consider helping people in Australia. But now through you and I connecting and this podcast, maybe I'm going to help somebody in Australia. I think that's fantastic. I just love this technology age. It's it's just so much fun, and you can help so many people. Yes. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It does blow my mind a bit sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm sure you're going to say something about having fun at work, but what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Wow, the best piece of advice I've ever been given. Well, you know, um, that's, a, that's an awesome question uh, because I, I mentioned earlier that my practice was struggling when I be, became a, a client at the management company. Mm-hmm. And what what it had become about, what the business had become about, is this this entire um, arena and game of dental insurance. And I'm not sure exactly how it works in the UK or Australia, but in the US, um, an employee has a job and they're given uh, a dental benefit by their employer. Yeah. And they usually get $1,000 a year of, of dental coverage and 
with with the price of dentistry, it you you cannot do a whole lot of dentistry for a thousand dollars. And so the patient will come in and they'll maybe need five thousand dollars worth of work to restore their mouth. And then it became this challenge of well, you only have a thousand dollars worth of of dental benefit. And then how am I going to change my treatment plan as a doctor so that I can still help them? But then it wasn't real help because a tooth that we didn't fix today, a year later now is broken down further and costs $2,000 to fix instead of maybe. It was this whole big problem. And the biggest change of viewpoint for me, like within 48 hours, is treat every patient like it was yours. Treat every patient like it was your mouth. Mm -hmm. Treat every patient like it was your relative, like it was your loved one. And then all of a sudden, I just kind of snapped out of it and like, well, if this is my wife, I love her and the insurance is only going to pay a thousand and she needs five thousand dollars worth of work. And let's say I'm not a dentist. You know, I'm I have another job and my wife is calling me and she's at the dentist and like, sweetie, I need five thousand dollars worth of work and the insurance is only gonna pay a thousand. I'm like, well, whatever, how are we gonna get the money? Do we need to borrow it? Do we need to put it on a card? We're gonna we gotta help you, you need five thousand dollars worth of work. And so everything changed for me literally in a matter of minutes when I just took all the attention off of the money and put the, the attention on the patient. And how am I gonna help this patient? Forget about the insurance. That's its own game. It it's it's going to be a, a help. But thousand dollars off of five thousand is good, but now we still need to figure out the rest of it, and and naturally, and and here's the other major thing that kind of blends in with this. I was trying to make every single patient happy as they walked in, yeah. and there are people that walked in and they had to have it absolutely the cheapest in the area, and so I would discount my fees and give things away for free. And, and my staff are getting upset with me because they're like, doctor, we, we can't lose money on this procedure. I'm like, then I'll go somewhere else. And one day somebody said, let them. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I actually think I would have been better off if I would have yeah. let them. And so, so then what ended up happening is it was an entire shift of viewpoint. So it, before with the other viewpoint, well, if the, the dental insurance company isn't going to pay to restore the tooth, but they will pay to extract it and I'll extract the tooth. Well, I changed my mind and like, okay, so the dental insurance company is going to pay to restore the tooth, but you need this tooth. And, and Laura, I say this and people have rarely heard it. People with teeth live longer than people without mm. teeth. The data has been known for 50 or 60 wow. years. Studies were done long ago. So, so then I had to like look at it like, well, pulling the tooth on somebody who could pay for it is actually not doing them any favors. Yes, it's saving them money, but it's it's not doing them a favor. And I'm not talking about someone who's poor, who is down in their luck, they lost their job, and they have an infected tooth. The tooth needs to come out because people can die from infected teeth. I'm not talking about that scene. I'm talking about a scene where somebody actually could get a, get a loan, they could put it on a credit card, they could figure out, I'll figure it out with them on payments, but you need to save this tooth. So once I changed my mind, I quit pulling teeth because that's not actually what's best. And so then, the best advice that I have ever been given, this long answer to your question is like, just treat every client in front of you the way you would want to be treated and do for them what you would want them to do for you and just take care of them. Now, there's a whole chapter in the book on profit because I can't do all of this work for free. Otherwise, I go out of business and I help no one else. So then 
there has to be a balance between providing the service and making a profit to keep the place open. But the other huge revelation is there are people who are going to be more interested in getting it cheap and cheapest, and they don't care if I'm in business next year or not. Yeah. Then they they can go to somewhere else and get it cheaper. I have no problem with that. And the, the example that I use all the time is McDonald's sells coffee off of their dollar menu. Yeah. And Starbucks sells coffee for $5 and up. Yeah. I, matter of fact, I was doing a seminar in New York and I just lectured about this. And I walked into a Starbucks and I said, I, I said, what can I buy in here for a dollar? Nothing of it. And the cashier looks behind, looks just a bit befuddled and puzzled and is looking around and finally said, sir, the closest I can come is that banana is a dollar and a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And so, so my point is you have, you have different segments of the market that each business is appealing to. So McDonald's, you can get coffee for a dollar and at Starbucks, they don't have anything for a dollar on their menu and they're both still very successful businesses. So, so the other big thing for me was I had to realize that I couldn't do everything for everybody and give them exactly what they wanted. I had to decide what I was and what I was going to charge. And then I had to be willing for people to go to another business to get more what they were looking Mm. for. But I will say this, I was in a little town of 10,000 in the middle of a cornfield in the Midwest of the United States. And I went from thinking that I was going to have to go work for somebody else to pay my bills. Within 12 months per survey at the time, my practice was in the top 4% of all practices in America. That means that included New York, LA, Chicago, et cetera. So once I changed my viewpoint of I really need to help these people, and not everybody's going to be happy with me, then all the other pieces started to fall into place. And then I got in my expansion programs, et cetera, et cetera. I had an associate within five months, um, office manager on board, working and doing all the management I used to. And so by age 38, I was working about 20 hours a week. Wow. So that was an awesome question. Nobody's ever asked me that one before. (laughs) Made you think, didn't it? That was fun. Give me another one. Um, Well, you mentioned earlier, you've got some quotes in your book and I absolutely love a really good quote. Um, My screensaver actually keeps popping up on my screen because I'm not pressing anything. Um, And I just have pictures of quotes as my screensaver. So I wondered if I wondered if you wanted to share um, your favorite one or favorite couple of quotes that, you know, get you through the day or a bad time. While you're uh, while you're giving that, uh, while you're doing the intro for that, give me a That's moment. That's quite all right. Um, yep, because <laughs> I've got the I've got the manuscript oh, right here. Oh, you're so good. And there, um, well, I've been working on it. I mean, we're very hard at work with the uh, editor and the illustrator and and all of that right now. So I had it right here. So um, there are definitely a couple of quotes. You can edit That's this. That's absolutely fine. You go away. With, you uh, start whenever you're ready. Can't think of the words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so one chapter in the book um, is is basically how to make a strategic game plan 
for expanding your business. And I use uh, athletic analogies throughout the entire book. And in the strategic game plan chapter, I have quotes in the book from uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, uh, Winston Churchill, Nelson Mandela, uh, Mario Andretti, who's a famous race car driver. But the chapter on game plan, I only use quotes from Coach Vince Lombardi. Now, in Australia and the UK, that, that may, may, may not mean anything, but Vince Lombardi is an iconic National Football League coach uh, from, from the, the 1960s and early 70s. And so in the strategic game plan chapter, I used nothing but quotes from Vince Lombardi. Uh, so here, here, are, here are a few of my favorites. He says, um, it's not whether you get knocked down, it's whether you get back up. Mm. So in business, you're going to get knocked yeah. down. Yeah. Now, are you going to buy that? Are you going to you know, sit there and, and complain about it? Or are you going to get back up and get back in the game? I love that one. Um, obstacles are what you see when you take your eyes off of the goal. That's genius. I love yeah. that. Don't, don't succumb to excuses. Go back to the job of making the corrections and forming, forming the habits that will make your goal possible. Oh, the, this one. Oh, this is like one of my all-time favorites. After the cheers have died down and the stadium is empty, after the headlines have been written, and after you are back in the quiet of your room, and the championship ring has been placed on the dresser and all of the pomp and fanfare has faded. The enduring things that are left are the dedication to excellence, the dedication to victory, and the dedication to doing with our lives the very best we can to make the world a better place in which to live. Mm. And that really ties. That's a football. Yeah. And that really ties in with, like we were saying earlier, helping as many people as you can. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that one, I mean, you embrace that yeah. one. Like at the end of the day, and all the fanfare, the parties are over, all the admiration is like, how many people did you help? Mm. That's just real. That's what that says to me. And that's, that's one of my favorite Vince Lombardi mm. quotes. So uh, the book is full of, of different inspirational quotes from from all different kinds of, of smart people <laughs> and, and very accomplished people. And uh, it, these are definitely some of the things that have motivated me and helped me set my um, successful attitude and successful pattern in business and in life. Amazing. Um, I am going to put a link to um, Greg's book in the show notes below so listeners you'll be able to find it really nice and easily um is there anything else you'd like to tell us about it greg or if we covered all bases well <laughs> well the um I, I think we've we've covered the, the basis of the book and my purpose for writing it um we have a landing page uh it is fun at work the book.com and if this is broadcast prior to the March 5th release, they can get their pre-release copy and then it'll be delivered to them. Um, I'm recording the audio book right okay. now, right in the middle of that. That'll be available. Uh, and also I'm going to have a video course because I lecture on each chapter uh, in seminars. And so there's going to be a video course that goes along with the entire book that will be available to people also. Fantastic. But uh, really my, my purpose 
in in writing the book and for you know promoting it is I really think that people should have fun at work. And the book is mainly for executives and and owners, CEOs, etc. And it's also for anyone who wants to own their own business or anyone who wants to become an executive or a CEO, because I think these are basics of leadership in here. And I, I think as an executive, it's my responsibility that, that we have a pleasant, a pleasant business environment. And that doesn't mean everything goes perfectly, but when something goes wrong, uh, we have to get on top of it and fix it and handle it and still figure out a way to uh, to enjoy the process, I guess yeah. is the best way to say it. So uh, funatworkthebook.com is uh, the, the landing page and where they can get their copy of the book. And um, I, I hope uh, your readers uh, get the book and, and it helps them. Perfect. Yeah, I'll pop that link below. This sounds like way nice. more than a book as well. You've got a PDF to download and you know, a video course yeah. to go alongside. And oh, it's very yes. exciting. Because for me, it's all about application. It's, it's yeah. all about, it's not just reading a book and feeling good or going to a seminar and feeling good. It's about, well, how are you going to go back and change something? Mm. So all of my seminars, uh, everything I do has to do with application in life. And I try and make these exercises very simple and because it's really easy to, to you know, drive off the road and end up in the ditch and it's all complicated and hard. No, it has to be something simple to apply that people go, oh my gosh. Just like the, the gentleman from Chicago who's been working on this project, it's a huge project and uh, he's been very, very successful. And I was actually quite excited and honored that he said, oh my gosh, I've been working on this for three years and it's never been more clear to me why I'm doing this. So I look at that and go mission accomplished. That makes yeah. me feel good. And yeah. that's why I get out of bed every day. Oh, amazing. Well, it has been fantastic to talk to you, Greg. This has been a really insightful interview and I'm very um, excited to read the book when it comes out. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pink She Wolf podcast. All information and resources from this episode can be found in the show notes below. Remember, sharing is caring. So if you have enjoyed this show, please share with your friends. Thank you.